Hello and welcome to the Denver Diatribe Podcast, the most interesting city between Wheat Ridge and Old Aurora. I'm Jared Kang Mayor. With me is Eric Isle. He is a contributor to Reverb, the Denver Post music website there at HayReverb.com. Joel Warner and John Dicker are out of town this week, so Eric, it is just you and I. Perfect. Let's make out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in fact, you uh, what, whatever happened to Mile High Makeout, the... The Mile High Makeout is still very much a thing. It's very much a thing? Yep. Every Friday on HayReverb.com. And, and what is it exactly for our listeners who may not know? The Mile High Makeout is uh, is features and profiles about really any topic that I deem worthy about local music, uh, Colorado-made music. So, for example, what was the last one that you so wrote just, about? So just today, um, there was an article, uh, the Mile High Makeout was about One Liquid House, which is a uh, centennial-based Nonprofit that provides uh, support for teen musicians who want to. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh, Liquid House. And if you listeners cannot tell, this is going to be a music podcast, one of our regular features where we just sit down with a uh, local individual who knows about music more than I or John or Joel do. And so we're going to be listening to some tunes uh, this week, Eric. Pretty much what do you have for us uh, broadly, and then we'll jump into it. So what I've tried to do for this podcast, Jared, is uh, select some of my favorite uh, tracks. Um, Yeah, some of my favorite tracks from the past few weeks of Steal This Track, which is my uh, weekly feature on HeyReverb.com. It's on Mondays. And what that does is it reviews new local music, that is Colorado-made music, um, and provides free downloads so people can actually hear what's going on in Denver. Awesome. We do have some beers sitting here. We are not recording on Sunday morning like the uh, churchgoers that Joel and John Dicker normally are, so... We are we are hidden out in my office in uh, the Sunnyside neighborhood. You actually live in this around here too. I do, right around the corner. Everyone lives here in Sunnyside. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. What what do you got for us first? Oh gosh, um, what do we have first? I I guess we'll I guess we'll start with um with Wire Faces, and this is a song called Tame You. Wire Faces are out of Fort Collins. Okay. Um, and they kind of tread in this. I hate to use this word because it's sort of an overused music critic word, but angular guitar rock. Okay. Um, so it's probably it's probably the loudest track that I've that I've brought here today, and it seems like a good way to start. <laughs>
was Tame You by Wire Faces. They're out of Fort Collins. And uh, so why did you choose these guys? For a couple of reasons. One, because I think I think they represent a sound that's not characteristic of anything that's going on around here. It It's kind of a... It's a throwback sound in a way. It goes back to sort of late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, I could, I could definitely like hear that. Uh, you know, the chants and the. Yep, yep. It's a, kind of a DC hardcore, yeah. you know, Ian MacKay kind of thing. Um, but I think it's also, you know, it's just expertly produced. It's expertly played. I think it's a good example, and it, and we'll get through this throughout all these tracks. That the music that's being made here isn't being made in garages and basements. That it sounds really good. You're saying it's not made in guitars and basements. It's it's not made in garages and basements. Mean, mean, I just I just mean that that you know that DIY music, yeah, which is essentially what they are, doesn't have to sound like shit. Yeah, that that <laughs> that is a good point because I mean that would almost you know you hear DIY and garage rock. I mean, isn't it an expectation that it has to sound at least a little bit shitty or raw or well, what's what's, what's interesting? The well, what's interesting now, and we'll hear some stuff later. I think that draws this out, but I think. I think what's interesting is that in today's world with uh, technology, it's way easier yeah. to make an electronic record that sounds really good than it is to make a guitar rec- record that sounds really good. And so, you know, when you when you listen to a guitar record that sounds really good, that's a lot harder to accomplish than making a hip hop record or an electronic record that sounds good today, which you and I can make on our laptops. Yeah, because you actually have to spend at least a minimal amount of time learning how to not only play your instruments, but set it up correctly and right. correct hooks up, hookups and have the right, you know, room or studio or something to record it. Exactly. You need, and you need, yeah, you need people who understand the, the engineering yeah. of, of audio. The other thing I want to mention about just about wire faces is, uh, their, their music is distributed by a local record label called Bakumast. Um, and Bakumast is run by, uh, four guys who have all played in bands around town. Um, they it's an all digital label. They produce all their stuff and just distribute it all digitally and give a lot of it away, frankly. Uh, but they but they put out a, a really diverse lineup of stuff and really uh, high quality stuff. And it's bakumast.com. Nice, awesome. All right, what do we got up next? Uh, next up, we have um, a song called "Closer" by a band called Two Hundred Million Years. And I always screw up their names, so I have to say that really carefully. 200 million 200 years. million years. That's right. Year, I, see, <laughs> you I'm, see? I'm already screwing it up right here. It's the beer. 200 million years. Um, they are a three-piece act. Uh, three guys, Zale Hassler, Ellison Michael Park, and uh, Carl Sorensen. And they produce this uh, sort of psychedelic pop. Um, and this particular track is off their most recent EP, which is called Ma, M-A. It's probably their most soulful song that I've heard of theirs. All right, 200 million years. Let's listen. Thank you. 
Like a, uh, I expected it to be on the soundtrack of some black exploitation flick set in the future, <laughs> like Shaft in Space or something oh, like that. Oh, Shaft in Space is a great idea. Actually. Wait, yeah. 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 Well, this this would be this would be the title. This song would be the title that. track. Absolutely. So who so who was this again? So this was two hundred million years, um, and uh, they've been they've been around for I'm gonna say four years. I'll probably get that wrong, but and uh, they've just really grown into this sound. And I think this track in particular just represents their uniting of this kind of space rock sound with this very soulful feel. It's very human. Yeah, yeah, it's really original. How many how many people are in the group? Just three dudes. Three dudes. Yep, yep. Zale Hassler, Ellison Park, and Carl Sorkin. What types of places did would two hundred million years play at? Like what the, clubs or just kind of opening up for people or? Uh, no, they, they they have played some. They've played some. Pretty high profile ish kinds of shows. Um, they, you know, fairly recently headlined a show at the High Dive, yeah. for example. And so, so they'll 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 bring the the crowd in. That's really nice. That's like that's relaxing music. It is. Well, as I, as I said, it's relaxing it's, but not go to sleep music. No, as as I as I said uh, while we were listening to it, it's alien baby making music. <laughs> yeah, making some alien babies. I mean, that's. <laughs> Uh, so uh, this next track that we're about to listen to is uh, is completely switching gears. This is a band called Fingers of the Sun, and uh, the song is called Cup of Tea. It's off their most recent record. Uh, Fingers of the Sun is a, I think they're a six-piece band. They're just kind of huge, six or seven people. And uh, they grew kind of out of a former beloved Denver band called the Pseudodates. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they have in common with the Pseudodates is two people, uh, a guy who calls himself Nathan Brazil, and a woman who calls herself Susie Allegra. They they are kind of the the front people of this band, and they play this sunny pop that is sort of an imagination of what '60s pop might have sounded like, even though it didn't quite sound like this. Oh yeah, that sounds pretty meta. Let's take a listen. <laughs>
like, you weren't kidding. I'm, that was really different. I'm suddenly looking around the room for my Pez dispenser. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. I, but I really liked it. Who was that again? Fingers of the Sun. And the song is called Cup of Tea. And so they're obviously a local group of six members, you said? And, yep. And what's their deal? Uh, so they're a, they're a six-piece six out of Denver, and uh, they, they've they just recently released their first full-length record. That song is off of it. And they, they've just really mined this, this sound that I think filters like the mamas and papas through kind of a modern lens. And it's just it's just fun listening. It's it's very danceable, I think, and um, very uh, fun and innocent, and kind of throws back to the sort of world of twee pop. Yeah, yeah. From late night, from early nineties. Yeah. You know, for a band like this, are there other contemporaries of a of this sound locally? I mean, are there is there sort of a group of multiple bands that are that are oddly yes, this vein? oddly yes, um, and it's it's kind of interesting. In fact, I recently wrote about this for the Mile High Makeup. There's a there's a festival uh, called the International Pop Overthrow Festival that's been going on for many years. And where is that? All over. All over. Oh, so All over. It happens in multiple okay. different cities, and uh, actually internationally, truly internationally, and uh, and it really shines a light on this kind of this world of music that's happening and they just did it for the first time this year in Denver uh, because the organizer David Bash re- was made aware that there are enough bands in Denver who are kind of <laughs> yeah. making this kind of music and they're they're all a little bit different but but they all kind of mine this vein of guitar driven mm-hmm. melodic rock you know, it's it's all about. I think that's what it's fundamentally all about is the melody. Nice, nice. And so, do, can we hear this band around locally at, at absolutely local clubs and stuff? Absolutely. So they just did their CD release. I can't remember where that was, but they'll play uh, some some pretty big venues. They've played yeah. the, they played the Bluebird uh, in December, for example. Nice, cool. All right, what do we have next? Uh, so next, we have a, a a band that I think sort of characterizes the sound that. I think Denver has become known for outside of Denver of late. They're they're called Churchill. I think there's I think Denver has developed this reputation because of bands like The Fray, yeah, and Meese for this for this sort of soft rock yeah. um, kind of sound. And I think Churchill's a little bit different. I think what distinguishes them is first of all they they prominently feature mandolin, mm-hmm. but not in a bluegrassy kind of way, mm-hmm. and within sort of a rock context. And uh, they just put out their first full length. They'd had an EP, but they just put out their first full length uh, called Happy Sad. Uh, they are two, two guys. They, they're based around two guys who moved to Denver and happened to, to share a duplex with the guys from Meese, oddly enough, and sort of found support in the it's community. Like a, right like away. a dudeplex. <laughs> it was exactly a dudeplex. And so they found support right away and started to sort of formulate this sound. They put out this full length, which has a lot of songs that I think are really kind of radio-friendly indie pop. Um, But the song that I have picked um, is a song called Loud, which is a little bit different, I think has a little bit more of an edge to it. And perhaps my favorite part about it is it has like a full-on heavy metal mandolin solo. Okay, I I want to hear this. This is uh, Churchill with Loud. Yep. I say, and you know I 
never meant to hurt you, but I did it anyway. And I am not alone. And we lost our So who was this again? This was Churchill, and I should and I should be clear, uh, they're not a two piece. It's it was based around two guys who moved to Denver, but I believe they're a quintet. Okay, okay, that means five. Okay, but you said they kind of represented to you maybe something that might be emerging or might be perceived elsewhere as a as a Denver esque sound. This song might have been a little bit different, but what there are other songs. How would you describe it, and why is it? somehow being known as a as a Denver sound because that's everything you know it's a golden ring for any city it's like we all have to have a sound right? <laughs> right Denver's never really had its own sound in a real big commercial way so what's going right on there? well so so historically when people have referred if if people if people have referred to any kind of Denver sound it has actually been this kind of uh gothic Americana sound which I think maybe we've talked about uh in previous like uh, Slim Cessna, Slim or Cessna, like that. Munley, uh, sixteen horsepower, that woven hand, that that world of music, and I think what has been commercially emerging is is something that's acoustically driven, mm-hmm. um, melodic, and kind of soft. And I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily, but I think you know the fray is you know piano driven, soft pop music. Um, and that's a huge reductive statement, but um, just for the for convenience sake. Um, and yeah. and Mies was also uh, when Mies existed. And I think Churchill, though they're not really piano driven, they do have they do have some piano driven songs. Um, but most of the songs that that you would associate with Churchill are very much that sort of acoustic, soft rock kind of sound, very very sort of seventies throwback stuff. And this song in particular, I really like because it's totally different and it represents a way to have really powerful rock with still acoustic instrumentation. Yeah, and it like I listened to that song and it made me it sort of reminded me of different things but not in a complete reference-esque type of way. Okay. I mean it it sort of made me think okay, like you said like sort of 70s rock, classic rock, but then, you know, the mandolin came in and I'm thinking of like bluegrass kind yeah. of, but then you, you know that's not right either. So right. it it does leave you in this totally new place but makes you feel comfortable because you 
I, I guess I have a have a place to put it in. Absolutely, and and you have a place to put it, and I think also what you what you fundamentally have at the base of that, and this is hopefully true for most of what we're going to look at, is is solid songwriting, which means you've got verses and choruses and bridges and. Even if you don't know what those things are, they are things that make you feel comfortable and familiar with music, even when it's new. Well, you know, speaking of solid songwriting, what do we have next? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna again take a complete left turn uh, with this next uh, track. This is by a group called Blackhearts, and they spell that without any vowels, and uh, and in fact without the C as well. So B L K H R T S Blackhearts, uh, and the song's called "This Blackhearts Party." Um, it's off there sort of debut, and uh, Blackhearts are kind of a, a hip-hop supergroup, if there can be such a thing as a local supergroup. Um, they include Jonas Abraham, who is in the band Pirate Signal, and uh, a, a guy by the name of Foe, or King Foe, and a guy by the name of Karma. They produced uh, this record called... Um, oh, Black is Beautiful. Okay. The record is called Black is Beautiful. That's all spelled without vowels, also. <laughs> Well, at least it'll make it easier for me to text. No, <laughs> no, no. They're going to autocorrect that, and it's oh, going to it's going to say something really disgusting. <laughs> See, the man is always messing with you. <laughs> That's what the man so does. I want, so I want to hear. The, I definitely want to hear this song. Yeah. So, so I just want to say about the about Black Hearts. Uh, what's interesting about them is I think they have taken a real a rock approach to hip hop, and I don't mean that in a limp biscuit kind of way. Um, you just you'll you'll hear it and you'll know what I mean. Fuck all yours. Yeah. 
and that you never been. Friend. Get it in. Black horses the camp that they ride for. Came to get fucked up and screwed to the throat sword. I adore me a more. All black jeans with the face of a goddess with my black heart wins. To the edge of death, you can point it. We going in. Show up to show out the one night of girlfriend. Living in the moment, hoping it'll never end. Black hearts are here, and I'm at the ship again. Mind, hold your hands up, hold your hands up, and y'all, spread for the hustlers, there's a pause, hold your hands up, look out, you just be feeling nice, left in days, when things are silly, you get a change, I wanna play, check back with a sack, it's a heart attack, wash down with some MDMA man, a cup of some bar to relax, added the back of the drills in between drills, you should think without some mind, I'll turn substances of abuse, you call it wild and help me, I call but, it okay. Who do we just listen to, and why did you choose this song? Yeah, so uh, that was a group called Black Hearts. And uh, again, spelled without any vowels and without the C in black. And they are they are Jonas Abraham from Pirate Signal, King Foe, who performs under his own name, Foe, or with Jewel Time, and a guy called Karma. And Karma was a guy with a really gravelly That really voice. hoarse voice, yeah. That was an awesome voice. It's great, isn't it? How He's do you even get favorite. a voice like that? I, I, think, I think you have to chew on glass. Chew on glass like every day. I mean, he yeah. must be very committed. Absolutely. Well, he's an artist. Wow. It that, that is a that is a great voice. Anything else you want to say about? These yeah, guys I'll say I'll they... say this about Black Hearts. Um, I th- I think what's interesting about them is I think partly the the musical vision, which is very different. I think from from most hip hop that you hear, and I think a lot of that comes from Jonas. Um, he got into music as a fan of of Radiohead and Tool. Those are the bands that he always cites as his as his influences, yep, yep. Um, and to take those influences into hip hop is real inventive, I think. And the other thing I would say about them is all three of those cats, Jonas, Karma, and Foe, are phenomenal performers. There's very dramatic guys to watch on stage, so they're not just guys who are slumping around the stage. Well, yeah, and, and you go to a lot of hip hop shows, and you just see a lot of dudes especially locally falling into this same pattern of, you know, throw your hands in the air and yep. walking around and it's just seems like so cliched and you just get kind of, I mean, hopefully if the music is really awesome, you can go with that. But if it's still like all the same stuff that people have been doing for 20 years in hip hop, it's easy to kind of be like, okay, well, what else? <laughs> Find someone Absolutely. else to entertain me, please. Absolutely. And I do think I do think when you're operating within a within a genre like a well defined genre like hip hop, um, what these guys do, and you might have heard it in some of the in some of the lyrics, you know, they are still paying homage to I think real classic hip hop. Like there's the you know, there's the if you don't give a shit like we don't give a shit like yep. that that kind of stuff plays plays back to some old school hip hop, but clearly they're not doing the same call and response kind of stuff. Yeah, well, that's great. Okay, what do we what do we got next? So next up, we have uh, a fairly new Denver band uh, called Hindershot, and Hindershot is uh, I think a six piece band. Um, we have a lot of big bands in Denver for some reason, but really three of their members are in another band called Amazing Twin, um, and this this will start to get into a little bit of the uh, uh, what people call the incestuousness of Denver's music scene. Uh, you get a lot of people who play in many, many different bands. Yep. So uh, Lucas Johannes, Spencer Allred, and uh, Patrick Kelly all play in this band called Amazing Twin, which used to be called Old Radio. Um, but this band, uh, Hindershaw, is led by a guy named Stuart Confer and also includes a guy named Jesse Livingston and a drummer, John Fate, who we will hear later in another uh, band. And uh, those guys together are Hindershot, and they play this music that Stuart mostly writes um, that is certainly pop-oriented, definitely melodic, um, but also has some 
just uh, interesting guitar textures and uh, and some surprises. I think. Nice. Let's check it out. Recently formed Denver band. What do you what do you like about these guys? Well, what I like about Hindershot is uh, they kind of, if we go back to Fingers of the Sun, they're they're kind of playing in that very poppy realm and pop, not in the sense of top forty, but but pop in the sense of very melodic rock. But they've got some. I think I I really like Stewart's lyrics, which I think I described in when I when I wrote about them as yeah. confessional and inscrutable at the same time. Like he's being very personal, but you're not quite sure about what. And uh, and I like that. And I also like some of the instrumental textures. Like I think the organ in that track uh, is particularly surprising and beautiful. In the spirit of listening to as much stuff as we can, what, what do we have next? So next up we've got um, uh, the band with the longest name, Turnin and the Kids That Killed the Man. This this band, uh, Jim McTurnin in particular, is a real person. Uh, he's the front man. And he used to be in a Denver band called Cat Attack, which had yep. some national exposure. And uh, this is kind of his new-ish project. It's a couple years old and includes uh, the same drummer from Hindershot, uh, which is a guy named John Fate. Let me ask you, do you, as a music writer locally, do you have to keep like a massive family tree? I would just, love like, to. Every single charting out where each person is gone and... I would love to do that, honestly. Like, I think that would be really a fun thing to do. Actually, the, the Onion AV Club recently, and I think it was Matt Schild who did this, did a family tree of the Denver Sound 
the interrelationships between Woven Hand and 16 Horsepower and uh, Slim Cessna and Munley. And he did a beautiful thing in, in the Onion AV Club. I would love to do something like that with, for Denver in general. Well, at the very it least, be... it would make your job a little bit easier trying to uh, go through all the asterisks of, of who, who begat who. Fortunately, I'm, I'm really, really uh, smart. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, let's these guys in this song in particular well yeah so so they've got a they've, this is off their album that is not yet released uh, it'll come out next month actually this is another case in which I kind of picked a song that isn't representative of what they sound like all the time um, sort I, of like the outlier of their sounds a little but, bit yeah. a little bit this is this is probably their most rock guitar distorted song and I, and, I, and that's I think the rest of the album is a little bit uh, poppier. I think mm-hmm. I think what this song shares with its with its brethren is there's still really solid melodies. Um, there's a great energy to it. I like Jim's voice on the way that Jim's voice is recorded. I think it yep. just sounds really nice. I think you can hear you know Cat Attack was kind of a what you might call shoegazer rock, you know, kind of a, kind of atmospheric rock. What he's doing here is he's kind of preserved that kind of I think there's an ethereal quality to his voice, but there's a real groundedness to the to the rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's like a clear rhythm and beat and you can right. just get into it and you don't have to overthink it or put yourself in a certain mind state in order to enjoy it. It is kind of what it is. Absolutely. And I and I think I think, you know, if you 
if you listened to the radio in the 90s at all, or if you watched 120 Minutes on MTV, I think you'll hear some influences of that kind of 90s alt-rock yeah, yeah. Um, in there. Okay, nice. So let's uh, go ahead and listen to two songs right now to try and fit in some more sounds in this um, episode. Which ones are we going to listen to, Eric? Well, we're gonna we're gonna queue up to that. Uh, I'd say what they have in common is is their is that they're very beat oriented um, and very dance oriented. And in fact, uh, I put these tracks in my DJ sets when I when I DJ. the The first one is by a guy who goes by the name Bobby C Sound TV. Okay, Bobby C Sound. Bobby C TV. Sound TV, man, these are some great names. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't heard of these. And 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 Bobby C is a guy, a guy named Bobby Collins, and uh, he, the name is Bobby C Sound TV because what he does mostly is uh, is audiovisual mashups and compositions, original compositions. Uh-huh. So how does this song by Bobby C correlate or sort of match up to you with this second song we're going to couple it with? So yeah, so the so the second song um, is by a guy named Juan Lee Reed. Or just Jay Reed, um, but it's but it's under the name Wanley Reed, and uh, this the song's called Crying Son. And what's interesting about this is it's got he's got a guitarist on there by the name of Andy Nikolai, but most of the beats and stuff were produced by actually a hip hop producer in town called No Friendo. But uh, but so th- this record is kind of jazz trumpet, but yeah. placed in the context of hip hop beats, and uh, it's it's a it's a very chill record, but it also has some some really catchy rhythms and uh, and uh, jazz phrasings. Because I can do it during the mix. Thank you. 
Nice. Well, Eric, all I can say is that you really do know how to mix up a show here. That's what I'm here for. Put up, so, so that was so that so that last track we just heard was Juan Lee. Juan Reed. Lee Reed, and the and the one before that was Bobby C Sound TV. Nice. Okay, so again, I'm I'm here with Eric Isle. He's a uh, music writer and contributor to Reverb. That's the Denver Post uh, music website. It's at heyreverb.com. Check him out on there. Definitely, he will be. Um, posting every single week under steal this track That's which right. is where all these uh clips have have come from eric it is now time for our regular feature loves and or hates i love and hate that you, you love and hate that so do, do you have a love and or hate for us gosh um i'm i'm gonna you know i, I don't want to get all political but, oh yeah, you do. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I do. You're right. I do. But but the thing that I've been that I've just been filled with hate about this week has been uh, our governor, who I have been a fan of, and you know still think he's a stand up guy. Governor John Hickenlooper, former mayor of Denver. The very same. I have just been filled with hate about his sort of proposal for patching up our 1.1 billion dollar deficit particularly with regards to his cuts to K through 12 public education. And so what what do you particularly hate about that? I mean, it's a proponents of these cuts say, well, it's a these are the cuts that need to be done and you know, we have a deficit to close. We got to cut somewhere. We we absolutely uh need to find money. I think what's what's so odious about what's going on is that Governor Hickenlooper has said in no uncertain terms that he won't even talk about tax increases. So rather than talk about, say, taxes to people in his tax bracket, he wants to uh, cut back on the quality of education that my daughter receives. It is interesting that this is going to come from a Democrat, right? Because, I mean, a proposal like this, you'd expect it to come from a Republican, but it's almost like he's been able to cover, cover his political butt because he is a Democrat and... Uh, people aren't expecting him to do it, so when they, you know, look at it and they say, "Well, if he's cutting education, well, he must be really, really needing to do it because he is a Democrat." But you, you, you really have to wonder, like, because uh, a lot of people in his own party there at the state house, are, you know, they're not going along with it. He has more friends in the R's than the D's. Right. Exactly. Well, and I, and I think I think what it comes down to, and it's the same thing that that Obama's facing in the in the back half of his term, which is being a pro-business Democrat, ends up earning big friends on the right um, and not on the left. And I think and I think that's what we're seeing from from Hick is really saying we're pro-business at the expense of a lot of public service and frankly, the majority of of humans in the state. Well, along those lines, Eric, since you opened up the door to some very wonkish political talk, I will I yeah. will double down on that, and I'm going to get even a little bit more wonkish. Did you? Uh, there was a Denver Post article today that had to do with this special budgetary task force that Bill Vidal, who is the uh, guy who is filling in for uh, Hickenlooper until a new uh, Denver mayor can be elected. He's mayor pro tem. More mayor. The interim mayor. Interim mayor. He, so he organizes this structural budget task force to, to look at the Denver budget at its most deep levels. I mean, we're, they're like they're like the Medicare, Social Security, Defense Department budget of the city and county of Denver, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these are, the, right. these are the third rails that no one wants to touch. So he organizes this task force of community leaders, corporate leaders, and elected officials to sort of say, we're going to get down to the brass taxes on this. But the Post went and said, okay, well, can we attend these meetings, these big task force meetings? And they said no, wow. uh, because 
these aren't actual public meetings. These are different than every single other commission or board that the city and county of Denver has. These are special. And uh, it's been a really interesting to see the kind of legal arguments that the city attorney's office had to pull out to try to claim that Denver could exempt itself from every single other open meetings and open records law and justify holding these budgetary meetings, which could result in, you know, pensions being cut, cop salaries being slashed, taxes being raised. I mean, those things, maybe they need to be done, maybe they don't, but it needs to be done in the public sphere or we just can't do them. We can't do those in secret. And that's, that is my hate for this week. Okay. So you're listening to the Denver Diatribe podcast. Check us out at denverdiatribe.com. We're on iTunes. Subscribe to us on whatever smart type device you're listening to. Eric Isle from the Denver Post Reverb Music website. What are we going to be listening to on the way out? So we're going to close out with, uh, with a really, uh, different kind of track uh this is this track's called passing me by uh and it's by an east high school band oh yeah yeah nice east high school band called the courtesy bandits now i receive a lot of music in my inbox and uh when i got this track and it said hey we're a bunch of teenagers from east high school i cringed (laughs) i'll admit it but but i have made a policy since i started writing about music which is i listen to everything that i receive regardless of my own prejudices and i'm often surprised you're a saint (laughs) something (laughs) and uh and so i listen to these guys and uh just to give a little backstory uh on these guys uh they were part of a battle of the bands which Uh also makes me cringe um but they're part of something called the spare parts battle of the bands and that's uh, an annual uh battle of the bands sponsored by one liquid house who i mentioned earlier is a, a kind of teen advocacy group for the arts they sponsor this battle of the bands isaac slade from the fray Mm-hmm. Uh, judges it every year and uh, they judge all these high school bands and the winner in 2010 received recording time at Isaac's studio yep. they received uh, I think it was a thousand bucks and they had I think three days in his studio um, and actually they had Isaac there and Joe Richmond who actually is in the band Churchill who we heard earlier um, work with them to produce a three song EP and uh, this song, Passing Me By, is from that three-song EP. Well, uh, let's take a listen. And Eric, hey, man, thanks a lot for coming out and playing us some music. Thanks, Jared. Silence all, all of my banter, my filthy band. The rhetoric The honest man has gone From me to you Of my manners, my 
of contraband is dying for me, for you. Oh.